Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. And I'm Ann Roby, an HR executive and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. So Sherry, over the past few weeks, we've had the awesome pleasure of hosting some really, really great guests who have shared their wisdom and their personal stories. And I don't know about you, but I've learned a ton. Yeah, me too. It's been really such a such a gift to be able to hear their stories and how much there is for us all to learn from each other's experiences has been one of the really cool things in having these conversations. Right. Just, I mean, just pulling the, the curtain back in some ways and, and getting to see, right? And so I'm really hoping this is inspiring our listeners to also just have these kinds of conversations with their friends because I've just been learning so much. And, and I know that one of the things that all three of our most recent guests really talked about quite a bit is making choices in the way that they see the things that happen to them and maybe even examining their mindset in relationship to what's going on in their life and making different choices to get them closer to where they want to be. What's so interesting is even though the details of all of their lives and their journeys are so, so different, it it is one of these things, this paying attention to the choices you're making, paying attention to your mindset, the thoughts you're holding in your head, right? The lens you're seeing things through is really a through line that is there for everyone. I, yeah. I think it's a, it's truly a universal experience. There's so few true universal experiences. And I think this is one of those. Yeah. If you think about it in our, some of our early episodes, we talked about listening to that sort of sacred whisper or that little, the little quiet nudge that you get once in a while. And Sometimes it's a quiet nudge and, and sometimes it's a big old slap upside the head. And I know you had a situation like that, which really kind of woke you up to the fact that you had some choices in your life that maybe you didn't see before. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And mine definitely falls in the category of a slap upside the head. So I'll just rewind the clock to several decades ago. And I was, I'd relocated from LA to DC. I was in a job that I really hated, like Mm. really, really hated. And I had never hated a job before. Mm. And I was quite miserable and wasn't really doing anything about it, which was a little out of character for me, but I felt very, very stuck. And concurrently with that, my best friend was dying from AIDS. Mm. And I was going back and forth to San Francisco on the weekends to help take care of him, but really to spend as much time with him as I could. We were having a conversation. It was two weeks before he died and he was talking about wanting to discontinue his treatments, but being absolutely terrified that he would get worse. Hmm. And worse was kind of unimaginable at that point. And I had this moment, truly this slap upside the head of, oh my God, this is what it looks like to be down to your last choice. And that was almost instantaneously followed by the thought, and oh my God, I am acting like I don't have any choices. Hmm. I am staying in this job that I hate and I am truly not actively doing anything to change it. Right. And in that moment, I made the choice. I'll say it that way. In that moment, I made the choice that I'm not going to do that. I'm going to come up with a plan. 
on how I'm going to change my circumstances. And what I really realized as I went through that process, and it was it was a really special moment because Paul helped me think that through. Mm. And as I went through that process, what I really realized is I was making a lot of excuses for why I couldn't do this or why I couldn't do that. When in fact, those choices were there all the time. I wasn't being very honest with myself about what trade-offs I was willing to make. You know, it's so hard when you're right in the middle of something like that, especially when it's something like I hate my job or my partner's being terrible or I'm having a problem with a friend or whatever the situation. And so hard when you're right in the middle of it. And you had this, as you say, sort of like really hits you upside the head moment with it. I'm wondering what happened then as a result. So you had this kind of awakening, if you will, like, oh, I have some different choices. And so what happened as a result of that? So the first thing that happened was, which isn't specific to me changing my circumstances, but the first thing that happened was I had this really crystal clear awareness that I needed to stay aware of the fact I had choices because it would be easy to slip back into, you know, we all have these grooves in our mind on the way we think about things. And so that was the first thing was I just made a vow that I am never going to lose sight of the fact that there are always choices, even when it may not seem like any of them are particularly attractive. And a lot of times, plenty of them are attractive, right? But that I was just not going to lose sight of that. Uh, So for me, in that case, I made the decision that I was going to get really aggressive about saving money. I was going to take six months off and figure out what I really wanted to be doing with my life. And this ties so closely into the conversation we had with Darren about polarities, mm. where two things can be true at once, That's right. which is it was horrible what Paul went through. And it was tragic. We were in our mid-30s. And losing him, I still have a piece of my heart that is broken. Right. And he was my best friend. And it was also such a gift that he gave me right. was this moment of awakening. And I keep a picture of him on my desk for lots of reasons, but one of them is I want to be reminded every single day that I was so lucky to get that gift from him. And at the same time, I would give it all up, right? If he was still here. Right. And But that's not an option. Right. And so it, it's, it somewhat reminds me of you know, something you and I have talked about that there are facts, right? The the fact was work was not great. The fact was Paul was dying. These are facts, but what you brought to it was a different mindset and it allowed you some more freedom to start seeking different choices. Yes, absolutely. And I don't want to pretend that I had this awakening mm. and I was then forever more super aware. You're and, not like walking on water. And- no. <laughs> and and I never get into a like kind of like, yeah, yeah, this, I'm like not happy about this situation. And because we are all still human. 100%. Right. And so awareness is such a big piece of this. And And you had your own experience with how you came into this awareness and choice and mindset space. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit on an earlier episode, but I think in that exact situation was somebody gave me, and I swear to God, I think it was a cassette tape back in the day. Yes. I'm showing my age of Carolyn Mays. And one of the most powerful things that she really talked about is when 
any situation, negative, positive, neutral, whatever, but with any situation arises, we really have the opportunity to consider why it's happening for us and to look at the positive or seek to look at any choice other than, you know, if if something is particularly negative, any choice other than one we find ourselves in, you know, but it's one of those things, Sherry, when you and I were prepping, you said something so profound that I want to share and and maybe steal some credit for. Um, And that is, is that awareness has to really be tended to. And I think that's just so beautiful. And, and why that's important is when we're in those really big moments, sometimes we get that slap upside the head, like you talked about, But it is often in those day-to-day, slightly mundane, day-in, day-out, that we really have an opportunity to to consider, what is my mindset right now? Can I raise my awareness about my situation, the choices I have, whatever? And to your point, that wasn't your your one crucible moment and (laughs) everything is great from there on out because it happens constantly. It happened to me the other day. I, I popped by my mom's house. I was actually on my way out of town, first flight in a year, and she lives right by the airport. So I dropped something off and she took a call when I was there. And I really felt myself getting kind of like upset and angry. And I had to have a little moment with myself, like just looking at that. Cause I made up all of these stories like, oh, she cares more about the guy that she took the, the person she took the call from, or she doesn't care that I stopped by, or she doesn't have time. I made all this stuff up. The fact was she answered a cell phone call. The stories I made up were all the other crap around it, right? And so I sort of left and felt a little bit sorry for myself. But one of the practices is to really just start with noticing and raising your awareness about the situation that you find yourself in. Yes. And what you're saying is so important from the standpoint of We live in a world where there are facts, there are things that are happening, and what we often aren't paying attention to is how are we reacting? What are we making up about it? That's right. And the thing about these practices, starting with just noticing, and let me just interrupt myself and say the super important on these noticing practices is to not judge. Right. right. Because the minute we go to judgment, we're making more stuff up. And so that's right. Is right to just be able to notice. But this amazing thing will happen over time where it becomes more automatic. Mm. You never get perfect, right? That's you right. will never become perfect, just like we never get to have a perfect journey. We only get <laughs> to have a perfectly imperfect journey. That's right. But the more we are paying attention to what's really going on here? Or the more we're paying attention to, whoa, I'm getting a little torqued up here. Right. And there is a moment, and it's never too late, but there's a moment where you can catch yourself and say, whoo, before I go too far down this rabbit hole, let me just pull back for a second and take a breath, yeah. right? Just take a breath, take a pause. And even when you go down that rabbit hole, there's still a moment where it's, you know, I'm down a rabbit hole. I think I might want to consider pulling myself out of this rabbit hole. Well, and that's the awareness piece, right? Like, oh, am I in a rabbit hole? (laughs) Have I fallen down and started making stuff up and making stories up and, and all of that, right? And so it can start right there with awareness. It can just start with like, oh, look at that. I just got really upset. The guy cut me off in traffic. 
why is that? Right. And it's, if you can stop yourself in that moment before it becomes sort of like an explosive or an angry or whatever situation, there's so much freedom. And it reminds me of that Viktor Frankl quote, between stimulus and response, there is that opportunity. I'm getting the quote wrong, but there's between stimulus and response, there's that opportunity for pause and for reflection. And in that pause is our freedom. When we just let that locomotive train keeps barreling down the tracks. We, I'll speak for myself. I get myself in trouble. Like I, you know, that's when I flip the guy off on the freeway or whatever, as opposed to just noticing like, why did that just make me so angry? Why did I have that reaction? And in that moment is my freedom. Right. Right. And that example you just gave is such a perfect example of why it's almost impossible to sequence. Is it awareness first? Is it mindset first? Is it choice first? Is it happens really fast. And so it doesn't matter what order it happens in at all. It's just the important thing is to be noticing and to be practicing. So let's talk about practice a little bit because in the moment which is important to catch yourself in the moment. But most of us, like so many things, if we haven't been practicing, it's a little harder to just occasionally, right? Just occasionally do something. That's right. So Anne, what are some of your thoughts on good ways to start to cultivate awareness? Yeah. For me, it really starts with that pause. Like we were just talking about a moment ago, right? Like listen, I'm going to get triggered. Stuff's going to happen. It's just, we're just human and, and that's just life. The practice for me is just that noticing. So does my heart start to race? Do my cheeks get flushed? Do my hands or my palms get sweaty? Am I saying snarky things? Do I, you know, just noticing for me. And then often if, if I have been triggered, I actually have to remove myself from the situation in order to give myself some space. For me, the first practice is just noticing. And then from there, you know, you already talked about this a little bit, Sherry, but it sounds way too simple to be true, but even just taking a couple of deep breaths re-oxygenates the the blood system and allows the brain just a teeny bit of space to consider that there might be other things other than what I've convinced myself of in the moment. Mm -hmm. How about you? So something I have found to be really helpful is to have a daily practice around this because Mm. it's awesome to be noticing things in the moment for sure. And it's a little easier to do if you are starting to build that muscle. Mm. And so that can be as simple as saying, okay, every day from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., I'm just going to put my antenna up and I'm just going to observe myself. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to notice how I am moving through the day. Mm-hmm. And that might mean that I'm noticing what thoughts I'm holding or I'm noticing how I reacted in that meeting. So it's a, a very broad, I'm just going to put my antenna up. I'm just going to kind of step outside myself and notice myself. Or if there is a specific situation that you find yourself in, I had a client who was very frustrated over the fact that she often found herself saying, I will just do it. And she was a senior executive, right? But something wouldn't be getting done and she would just feel like, great, I'm going to take it because it's not going to get done. And where we started on that was just having her pay attention to how often she did it. Mm. So it wasn't to change anything, right? It was just to raise her awareness and to keep track of 
how often she did it. And that was great because after about a month, what she realized is, God, I do that a lot. Right. So it can't possibly be that this many times other people are truly dropping the ball. So it was this very eye-opening thing that at that point she could start to make some different choices. So you can do it in a very broad way. You can do it in a very specific context, but just where you are every single day paying attention, your antenna will become so much more sensitive and it will become so much easier to just notice yourself, whether you're observing your thoughts or your actions or your reactions Yeah. I love that because it it speaks not only to what's happening in the moment, like what I was talking about, but also if there's something in particular that's bugging you or something that feels like, I just feel a little bit stuck. I love what you're saying about just bring awareness. Don't even, no judgment. Don't try to change. Just bring awareness to that. And I think that's a beautiful practice, you know, and then once you have some of that awareness raised, then I think it really gives us an opportunity at times to, to get to some choice, right? So like, okay, I'm always the one that says I'm going to take care of that. Or, you know, I'm always the one that, that does this or that. And just like you started with your story with a job you really didn't like, and at first you thought there were no choices, that happens to us all the time. We feel just like, ugh, no, there's no other chance for a job. No, I can't leave this relationship. No, I, of course I can't switch careers at 50 or, or whatever. And we, we get really believing. We believe our own thoughts. You know, if you, one of my favorite quotes from Byron Katie is don't believe your thoughts, right? Cause we make up all of this stuff. And so one of the other practices that I love is just to consider different perspectives even when I'm convinced there are no other perspectives, <laughs> like I, which I can easily get myself to, I will do something dumb. Like what would my dog Chandi think? Right. Because I know all Chandi wants to do is have fun and make, you know, make sure that I am having fun too. And so I will literally think about what would somebody else, you know, maybe if it's an, a wisdom teacher, somebody that I really respect, you know, what would Brene Brown think about this? Or what would somebody else's perspective, what would, you know, my, my Google voice listens to me all day long. Right. And so do you ever go for what would Sherry's perspective be on this? <laughs> Never. <laughs> oh, I have oh, a bracelet. No. WWSD. <laughs> what would Sherry say? Um, I'm just, of course, what I normally do for those that are listening, I pick up the phone. I'm like, what do you think about this? <laughs> but truly like considering other different perspectives, even PS here, everybody that's listening, even if you think those other perspectives might be totally bullshit, right. it's still what happens is you start to open your aperture and just recognize that there are always other choices. Yeah. The amazing thing about you can call it perspectives. We can call it mindset. We can call it beliefs. It's, we're not going to get into whether they're different or not. It's all about like the stuff you're holding in your head, right? Is the umbrella they all fall under. The amazing thing about that is that that is the lens through which we then interpret everything that happens. Mm. And That's why it's so important to be, this is a funny way to say it, but to be really mindful of your mindset. And and that doesn't mean that it's whitewashing something that's happening, right? So in the case of my friend Paul dying, I would have never held a mindset of, that's all good, right? Right. Right. right? It, It wasn't. And 
this is true for situations ranging from the very tragic to the very mundane. You know, it's kind of amazing that the same thing affects such a wide range of things, but it is about being really thoughtful on how do I want to look at this situation? What beliefs do I want to hold about this situation? And that was part of where Anne and I got so hung up in the conversation is mindset first, and then you can make choices. Is it that you have to focus on choices because you choose your mindset? And again, we came down to, it doesn't matter. So what Sherry's talking about is we had, when we were trying to put this episode together, we were arm wrestling a little bit about what comes first, mindset or or choice. And, and what's really funny is we had some pretty, you know, we were definitely arm wrestling to use Sherry's words. And what was great is I think we came out to a, a much better place. It's not mindset first and choice set. It's, it like it doesn't matter because some situations you are in are you don't have the luxury of considering like oh what mindset should I choose here? Like I'm going to bring up a painful one, Sherry. Just a warning, but I'm going to bring up that situation when you really felt stuck on the side of a mountain, right? No, no, not I that one. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But that wasn't the time to just sort of sit back and you know breathe deeply and think, huh, wonder what my mindset should. That you weren't in that situation, in that exact situation. The, the only thing you could do is figure out how to uncurl your fingers so you could grab your husband's hand, right, in order to get out of the situation. So sometimes you want to broaden your awareness. And sometimes when you're in that situation, when you feel like you're stuck on the side of a mountain, you actually want to narrow in some ways so that you can just get the next step done and then the step after that will come, right? So what you're saying, Anne, points to another layer of this, which is sometimes things start with a mindset. They can Mm. get us stuck. A mindset can get us stuck, which is what happened to me there. My mindset got me stuck. But it doesn't matter at that point. You are absolutely where you are. In that situation, you are on the side of a mountain, right? It doesn't matter. Like you are in that situation. and And that will happen in less dramatic ways, right, than being stuck trying to climb out of a ravine. It will happen in less dramatic ways that your mindset has gotten you stuck into a situation. And at that point, you have to start with putting your attention somewhere else. That's right. Right. Like making some choice to move, right? So in my case, the choice was peel off one finger at a time so I could grab on to Warren's wrist so he could pull me up. But it can happen in other ways as well. It could happen in a situation where let's say you're in a meeting and something is going on and you are really getting very angry and you think you're about to lose it. And that's not the time to say, I need to look at this differently. Right. That's probably the time to say, I think I need to take a deep breath and just step out of the room. That's right. Right. Whether that just means I need to go use the restroom, I'll be right back. And so this is where the awareness piece is so important is being able to notice where am I in this moment? That's right. Right. Where am I in this moment? And what do I need to do at this moment? That's right. And often, and as we said, it is widening and let me create more choice. And that is most of the time what's going to help us the most. Hmm. There's just a few times where it's like, I am paralyzed. And in that case, don't think of 47 options. In that case, the one thing that will help you move forward or get out of the situation or at least shift enough so it creates some brain and body and and heart space in order to really 
move beyond wherever you find yourself stuck. Yeah. So one last piece around this that I think is useful to think about is when we talk about choices, we're really talking the full range of choices, Mm. right? So we're all very, very familiar with the big choices we make. Change jobs, move to a new place, take a vacation. That doesn't normally happen unconsciously, right? right. You don't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I woke up in Raleigh this morning and now I'm in Valley, right? Although that'd be nice. That'd be really (laughs) nice, right? But how'd that happen? So most of us are really quite good at thinking through decisions, regardless of what somebody's decision-making process is. Most of us bring a lot of consciousness to to those big decisions. Sometimes we forget, though, that it's also the little micro decisions, mm-hmm. the little micro things we do that are choices. Yeah. You know, how to react, what to say in the moment, some little baby step that one can take. I always think it's useful to think about choice is in the whole range from the ones that are the most seem can seem like the most mundane are often the ones that have the biggest impact on the day-to-day quality of our life. Mm, say more about that. So the decisions around things like I'll say mindset, right? So the decision to in my case, when I was so miserable in my job, had I had a different mindset about it. And that could have been a million different things. That mindset could have been I don't love this job, but there's a lot of really valuable experience for me to gain here. So it's a perfectly good trade-off to make. That's a clunky mindset. But but if I'd looked at it through this lens of lots of learning and growth here, I would have had a different experience. That's right. right. So mindset can create a different experience. How you are interacting with people has a huge impact on the day-to-day quality of your life. The way you react has a huge impact. The words you choose to use for yourself, things like, I can't, I have to, are really disempowering words and really impact the quality of your life. And we don't really think about, oh, I'm making a choice about those words. So it's a very long list of these choices, but I really so deeply believe these really make a difference in how we experience our lives day to day. Well, and what I love about what you're saying is that it is so important that we take care with our words and with our deeds and who we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a head of HR for a couple different companies throughout my career, I mean, I what I have noticed is things will be humming along just fine. And then somebody will come into a department with a little bit more of a kind of a bummer, negative attitude or something. And then all of a sudden, the whole department starts to kind of come apart, right? Because it's one of those things where one person's like, yeah, it kind of sucks around here, doesn't it? And the other person starts to think, does it suck around here? (laughs) And then all of a sudden you start finding evidence like, oh yeah, look at that. It sort of sucks around here. When it is just as likely that it is great around here and you could choose that but it's so easy to fall in when your buddy is saying it sucks around here, right? So it's so important to not only check your own thoughts, but also consider kind of who you're surrounding yourself with. Are they bringing you up? Is it additive to your life? Is it kind of a bummer? How do you feel after you leave their presence, right? Like super important to understand how lots of different things impact us. Yeah, it's so true. One of the I think core truths in life that most of us know and we can forget is that 
where we put our attention is what we see. That's right. right. So your comment on, oh, wait a minute, does it suck here? <laughs> right. Well, you're going to probably find lots of evidence for the fact that it sucks here. Yeah. Somebody else says, oh my God, this place is awesome. Is it awesome? You're going to suddenly find lots of evidence that it is awesome. Well, and that's why it's so important to really consider what are facts and what is just some narrative that you've made up in your head, right? So let me go back to my poor mom when she listens to this podcast is probably going to be horrified, but we go back to that situation where all she did was pick up the phone. That's what she did. That was the fact. My mom answered a phone call. I had this whole narrative that I made up about it and I kind of like left the house. It was a little bit grumpy or whatever, but none of that was true. The truth was she picked up the phone and I made up all of this BS around it. And you guys, it happens all the time. We do this so unconsciously all the time because our brains are wired to take a little bit of information and extrapolate and have it make sense for us. And what we're suggesting is when you're doing that, have it make sense for us, you get to kind of choose, right? Because it can make sense like... My mom doesn't care about me, poor me. Or it could be like, wow, that's somebody that's been helping her with something that she really needed help with, right? Like both were true, or it seemed like it at the moment. The more positive would have served me for whatever reason I chose to go to the negative, And it happens all the time. I think you said, Sherry, right? There aren't actually that many absolute facts. Yeah, it's quite it's really quite remarkable. Just in preparing for this call, I made a comment to Anne. She's like, "Well, tell me what some of the things you didn't like about that job were." Right? When we were just fleshing this out, and I'm like, "Well, one thing that just drove me crazy is decisions never got made. Anybody could reopen a decision anytime." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa stop." <laughs> she's like, "Is it true that a de- n- never like decisions never got made?" And of course, no, that wasn't true. Right. right. But it's, but it's, especially when we are not feeling great about something, we go and we collect evidence. So is it true that often decisions were like strung out? And is it true that often people could read? Of course it, of course it was. But what was serving you more in your narrative was to say never. Right. And how often do we do that when we really are trying to convince ourselves of something? And, and what we're suggesting is there are often a very small set of facts And we get to choose, or we have the opportunity to choose, I should say, how we really consider those facts. I think a good note to end this conversation on is pay attention. I think that's really what we're saying is there's lots of components to this. You know, we could teach a three-day workshop on these concepts, (laughs) and we're not going to try to cram all of that into a podcast episode, but the place to start is to really pay attention and don't judge and to also know this is the human experience. This is how we are wired, and we all have the capacity to raise our consciousness around how we are moving through the world. And we want to be really clear that we absolutely understand terrible things happen, really tragic, terrible things happen. And Sherry's example about her friend, Paul, is a great example of that was a terrible thing to happen, especially to a 30-year-old. And we don't want to whitewash that in any way. What we are suggesting is in that moment, Sherry was given a gift to really look at the rest of her life and how she was going to operate and make choices. 
if you get a tragic diagnosis, if somebody passes away, like these are not light things at all. And there are often some gifts to learn, even in your sadness about what the facts are, the reality of what is happening. So one of the things that, as we were doing a little bit of research and, and thinking about talking about for this episode, we came across a quote we really like from Mark Twain, and it goes, some of the worst things in my life never happened. And I think that's a really important quote to think about how often we are making stuff up that actually makes things harder. When if we're going to go about the business of making stuff up, we might as well make up something that makes our lives easier instead of harder. Ditto on that, because I know I have done that more times than I would like to admit. And on that note, please join us again for our next episode of Flowing East and West, The Perfectly Imperfect Journey to a Fulfilled Life. Mm-hmm.